Hello everyone, I'm Coke Cruncher and in this episode I'm gonna talk about some facts about the Linux Fest Northwest that I gathered from Carl Simmons and then I'm also gonna add two interviews that I recorded at the Linux Fest. Let's start with Carl Simmons. I was actually looking for an extension cord but then I saw a chance to get some background information about the Linux Fest and sat down with Carl. Uh, it was very spontaneous and that's why it's not recorded. All I have is some notes I took on Carl's notepad which, as a little side note, was made from recycled paper, paper that was only printed on one side. So Carl is one of the organizers for the Linux Fest Northwest. He emphasized that they don't have a president. <coughs> the organization team just meets um, twice a month and organizes the fest together. And this year, 2012, 2011 is the 12th year the Linux Fest Northwest is happening. It has always been free. It uses the rooms of the Bellingham Technical College. I think they can use the rooms for free. They just have to pay uh, for, I don't know, maybe cleaning or something. And Carl actually showed me the room where they held the first Linux Fest. It's a room of 25 by 25 feet, that's about 8 by 8 meters. He wasn't sure how many participants there were, somewhere between 30 to 100. And the, the idea came about because they wanted to do something for the community, introduce Linux to the community. And that's how it started, that's why it's free. And throughout the whole Linux Fest, it was re really evident that it was for the community. So four years ago, they actually made it an actual nonprofit organization. I don't remember exactly what it's called in the US, but it's a nonprofit to make it more attractive for sponsors. Uh, they never really had to put much effort into finding sponsors. A lot of companies want to be sponsors at the Linux Fest. He also said that this year they have a lot of recruiters actually there. For example, Amazon was there. Also, four years ago, they decided to go from a one-day fest to a two-day fest, which meant that they also had to have a party on Saturday evening. And that was a lot of fun. They had um, homebrew beer and computer games and board games. So it was uh, a real fun party actually on Saturday. So I asked him uh, how many people there are and he said uh, they don't really know because they don't keep track. You don't have to register. You can and if you register online you can get a name tag. So I asked him, well, what do you guess? And he says, maybe about thousand. 
And I also had talked to one of the cooks, and they actually sold 350 meals on Saturday, so it's possible that there were a thousand people. Carl then quickly checked with the guys at the uh, register, and he said that they had 738 people register online. So I guess about a thousand is possible. And, and I had the feeling that on Saturday there were actually a lot of people from Bellingham showing up. I don't know to how many talks they went, but uh, certainly the hall where the tables were, there were lots of people just coming in and, and being curious about everything. They have a lot of talks. They ran nine talks in parallel, and Carl said they had 100 presentations during the whole fest. And then I asked him about, there was this funny announcement on Saturday. It started something like, this is an important announcement by the Bellingham Police Bomb Squadron, and so on and so on. And it was an announcement for um, a demo that they did outside of their bomb, um, bomb robot. I, I couldn't go because we were too busy at our table. But um, so I asked him about that robot demo and he said, yeah, the robot has nothing to do with Linux, but it has a lot to do with the, how the community is involved and how the police actually participates and, and adds their own little demo because there was a part of the fest that was specifically about robots. So that was basically what I got out of Carl and he then arranged for me to have an interview with another organizer, which is going to be next. Uh, my name is Bill Wright and um, I've been involved with Linux Fest uh, since the beginning. Uh, we're in our 12th year. Um, I am retired. Uh, to give you a little idea of my background in computers, I started working uh, for the Great Northern Railway in 1968 because I had computer experience. That's back when TTYs were really TTYs. Um, punch cards and ticker tape. Uh, I retired from uh, Burlington Northern. Um, and went to work as an IT person at a local college. And um, then I, um, after that, I've just been raising two daughters and uh, got one off in college and one still in high school. So that's basically my full-time job. And, and uh, I like Linux. And I like the politics of Linux as well as the software. And I love the idea of community. Yeah. And, and that's what Linux Fest is about. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So <coughs> let's start at the beginning. How did the Linux Fest get started? Where did, did the idea come from? Were there other Linux Fests well, already? No, there weren't. And we, um, uh, I was a member of the Bellingham Linux user group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we thought that. Uh, we should do something for a little outreach in the community. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, this was around uh, the post-dot-com uh, crash and uh, mm -hmm. 
um, so we we thought well let's let's try to not only reach out to the local community but let's try to re reach out to the um, uh, Linux community the open source community and um, uh, see if we can't bring it all together and it started out pretty slow but you know um, we started networking through other user groups and um, uh, it's basically grown uh, by word of mouth we've tried lots of ways of promoting Linux Fest and the tried and true method has just been uh, talking with other people and connecting in the community and that's how the word gets spread yes um, we wanted something that was free. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted something that was um, um, useful, as in good content, mm -hmm. um, where you uh, didn't leave just impressed by the speaker, but you actually learned something, something useful that you could take with you. Yes. And so we found that um, uh, utilizing a college campus um, suited us pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a good match for us. So talking of free, <coughs> I talked to Carl this morning, Carl Simmons, mm -hmm. and he told me that you don't even have to search for sponsors, that they actually come to you <coughs> because it's such a great fest here. Yes, well we um, do do a little bit of promotion and, yeah. and uh, we go to um, OSCON every year and have, yes. a, have a booth there and, okay. and um, uh, make our presence known um, but most of our most of our sponsors um, when they realize what we're about mm -hmm. and want to contribute they also like um, uh, that's why we get a lot of recruiters here too like mm -hmm. Amazon is actively recruiting this year here they've got a whole team of, of recruiters and, uh, they like the people that we attract to Linux Fest mm -hmm. um, they're technically qualified folks yeah. um, we're a good resource for them um, there are several uh, sponsors that are actually uh, brown paper tickets for this one. Mm -hmm. it, it's an open. It's built. They've built their whole company on open source software. Yeah. And Linux, and uh, they wanted to pay back to the community and show yeah. their appreciation. So yeah. the last two years, they've been our gold sponsors. Yeah. You know? yeah. Just just to show. Uh, I talked with William Scott Jordan, the CEO, and he just wanted to show his his payback and get show his gratitude for uh, mm -hmm. the support of the community. And really that's what we're about is community support with support of the community yes. I mean we support them through their support basically mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. how we how we work we're a nonprofit organization we we're a, a 501 we are, we're not about making money we're if we can cover all our expenses at the end of the event mm -hmm. that's exactly where we want to be yes you know and um, that our goal basically is content it's not money that we and uh, we want it open to mom and pop coming mm -hmm. in the door as to well as uh, and we want them to be able to benefit just as much as uh, uh, a highly skilled technical person coming yes. in the door yes there's something for everybody we have a tutorium 
we have uh, the Bellingham. So the uh, tutorium art. is where you can get help. The on tutorium, your yes, is where uh, people like that support. are just curious about Linux can sit down at a seat and mm -hmm. test drive and and have people that are knowledgeable help them walk them through yeah. the process and. Uh, you know, they, I've never seen anybody leave there disappointed. You know, they're yeah. always amazed. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's nice. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, talking of content, where do you get all the speakers from? Because this year you have nine sessions running in parallel. I heard there were like 100 talks. <coughs> I mean, the numbers are amazing. Yes, um, a lot of people come back. Mm -hmm. A lot of people hear about it. A lot of people are attendees that were attracted in the past and realized mm -hmm. that they had something to share. Yes. Um, a lot of people are uh, technically knowledgeable mm -hmm. that don't really uh, see themselves as, as, as uh, uh, keynote types or mm -hmm. um, maybe they don't see themselves as celebrities in the, in the software world, you know, but they're very educated people. Mm -hmm. And by the nature of our event, um, Linux Fest is really a big classroom in a lot of ways yeah. and there's a lot of we see a lot of the presenters actually sitting in other folks uh, presentations yeah. so they're you know they walk away learning something everybody does yeah so do you have to go out um, and find the presenters or do they just come and, and you get enough of most of the presenters um, submit presentations they know mm -hmm. about Linux Fest um, they feel they have something to share, mm -hmm. and um, uh, we very, very seldom have we ever turned anybody down. Uh, mm -hmm. Just not, not that we'll accept, you know, uh, any presentation about shining shoes or something. But um, uh, it's just that the 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 caliber the pre caliber of the pre presentations are usually so high that. Um, uh, we don't find it necessary to turn folks down. Yeah, yeah. And I also think an important aspect of for the community is is your website, where like people can register for the conference, but we you don't have to. But when you register, you can kind of sign up for the talks that you like, and you get a few things that you can do. Um, What's the importance of the website from your perception? Well, it, it's it's uh, a good um, interface for us in the in the community. We have mm -hmm. um, the ability to comment yeah. uh, on the website. Um, the we actually have a, a way you can uh, pick a uh, show which which presentations yes, you're going to yes. attend, mm -hmm. and that way it helps us uh, design. Uh, the layout, what rooms we're going to, uh, the room capacities that we put mm -hmm. uh, um, presentations in. Um, it, it's um, a way of uh, showing vendors, for instance, uh, that we, we have a lot of interest and uh, it makes it appealing to um, uh, recruiters because they look and see uh, on the website that we have a lot of, uh, you know, attendees mm -hmm. interested yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we also have uh, uh, links to past Linux Fest on the yes. site so you can yeah, look back. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. And um, 
This is a question I probably should have asked you first, but what is your role in the Linux Fest? Oh, well, um, my role has traditionally been um, uh, the world-famous raffle guy. Yes. Uh, you know, one, the raffle is one of our, it's not only one of the most fun things we do at Linux Fest, uh, but it's, a, it's one of our biggest fundraisers. Mm -hmm. And um, people really like the excitement of the raffle, but they also like a way of contributing yeah. um, and possibly uh, winning something. Yes. You know, and uh, so it's been a lot of fun. I get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of it. It's a lot of work um, finding uh, quality uh, prizes mm -hmm. and uh, but offerings, yeah. but, but it's it's just it it comes to a um, it comes to a head at uh, 4:30 on on Friday or Saturday afternoon and yeah and yeah. Um, it's it's really a lot of fun interacting with the audience. So yeah. I also um, no first what were the top oh. prizes yesterday? Oh gosh, let's see. Pogo Linux the grand prize was a. Uh, an Uber workstation. It was at all the bells and whistles. Um, you know, a, um, a solid-state drive, uh, um, okay. a SATA drive for storage, uh, the best, world's best uh, NVIDIA card, uh, m more RAM than you could stuff into the thing, and and uh, um, you know, mm -hmm. it was it was a great workstation. You know, yeah, that was. Yeah. That was donated by Pogo Linux, and mm -hmm. they've been one of our supporters for years. Yeah. Um, we had everything from that type of a prize to uh, free pass uh, to Lisa uh, too in Boston. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Usenix uh, stuff, the Linux Journal, Linux Pro Magazine mm -hmm. uh, donated things. We had um, uh, Active State had. Uh, Three complete Komodo uh, um, integrated development environment kits were worth about three hundred bucks each. And yeah, I had the one of my the ones I hated to give away. I really wanted myself was Lullabot donated donated their complete learning series Drupal learning series. Yes, to, yes. I don't know how many DVDs? I tell you, watch watch it one DVD every DVD every two nights. By the end of the month, you'll be an expert in in Drupal. But uh, um, so that's the type of thing. Yes, you know, that's great. <laughs> yeah, but I also uh, solicit exhibitors. Mm -hmm. um, I look for speakers. Yeah. Um, not just. I, I, I try to encourage people to present um, that I feel will be interesting. Like yes. my um, the one I was working on this year was uh, well, one we got uh, uh, Zonker Brockmeyer came out and spoke, but. Um, I took a lot of pleasure in, in bringing together the Electronic Frontier Foundation and the ACLU. Mm -hmm. um, they did independent presentations as well as, as well as having a joint panel discussion. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that was standing room only. I mean, that's the, the type of thing that uh, people are all worried about, or not worried yeah. about, but on their minds today, privacy, uh, data mining. Uh, yeah, and you know, your rights. You know what's what's hanging out there. Mm -hmm. You know what are people who scrutinize. What are your what yes. are your vulnerabilities? You yes. know, and, and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And 
plus your plus your rights as a citizen to mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me um, to be anonymous mm -hmm. if you want to you know that sort of those sorts of issues yes and uh, anyway I got a lot of a lot of pleasure out of that so those yeah. are the kind of things I do yeah yeah that's very good so I don't have any more questions. Is there anything else you would like to add? Uh, no, known I just to would encourage. I would encourage those um, folks listening to this interview that if they want to go to a good, uh, a great event that's um, filled with a lot of um, smiling uh, people, that uh, everyone's having a good time and they're also learning something. Uh, we have the same type of content as a lot of big conventions but we don't have the the skirts around the tables and the, some of the trappings but we're free it doesn't cost you a thousand dollars to get into the exhibit hall and that yeah. sort of thing yeah no you're you know, free it's like yeah. you don't have we're, to pay we're anything. totally there for the community mm -hmm. with the support of the community mm -hmm. and yes. uh, that's that's what we're about yeah that's really great yeah. well thank you very much for your time and your information it's been a pleasure and I really like how you achieve this whole community aspect. I can, I can see and feel it in this conference. Thank you. You're welcome. This was my interview with Bill, and it was my second interview I ever did, like radio interview. And the next one is going to be the first one I ever did. It's with Sabrina Roach from Brown Paper Tickets. Um, and her focus on some radio work. And we had to record this interview twice because the first recording was just not good enough. We did it in the exhibition hall. So this is the second recording. Yeah, the second time isn't quite as spontaneous anymore as the first time, but I hope it's gonna be informative anyways. So my name is Sabrina Roach. I work for Brown Paper Tickets, which is based in Seattle, Washington, and I'm a, their radio slash new media doer, which just means I go out and I try and identify projects that can help community radio stations, uh, online uh, radio stations, as well as uh, public media. And uh, Actually, I'm really excited to meet folks from HackerPublicRadio.org because um, I think that there's a way that, well, I, I, I think it would be interesting um, if there are some, some folks who want to start community radio stations and do terrestrial broadcasts. And there's this new opportunity opening up. We know that, that, that most broadcast dials are really crowded, especially in cities, but Obama just signed the Local Community Radio Act, and um, that will open up several hundred more radio stations in our communities uh, yeah, in the next couple of years. You told me it's about low-power FM radio, so it's really within a narrow range. Narrow. Yes what they sometimes call hyperlocal. Hyperlocal. So yeah. that can be something that broadcasts within maybe a 10 mile range if it's high up enough and the and it's flat enough and a little bit less than that if there are lots of tall buildings and hills in the way. 
Yes. So tell me about some ideas that are out there for radios that you've <laughs> <Sure>. heard of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited about the Prometheus Radio Project. They go around doing um, radio barn raisings, which are basically uh, small conference parties around new radio stations, whether those are full-power community radio stations or, you know, like 10-watt low-power FMs. And those are... Those are com- those are events where there are people learning how to do wiring. There are people um, learning how to, I don't know, sell underwriting or do community um, events to raise money f- to run their stations, all that sort of thing. And Prometheus is actually um, heading up a national effort to get the word out about these low-power FM licenses. And that they're they're heading up uh, the People-Powered Radio Coalition and uh so that that's just really exciting to me. <laughs> so that is called People Powered Radio mm-hmm. Coalition. Mm-hmm. What is especially people powered, or how would it be different? What other well, sure, yeah, powers are there? <laughs> well, there's corporate power. Yeah, I think, to, just to name one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just to go out on a limb there, and and this is distinctly different from that. Uh, it's community oriented. It's it's people working with not only free speech issues, but also using radio as a tool to organize to whatever uh, ends that they have. So Prometheus is doing a round of educational how to start a low-power station webinars. That, that's coming up like May 10th through the 18th. And you can go to prometheusradio.org uh, slash webinars to sign up and you can get some materials in advance. And Prometheus is also going to be helping community groups to um, fill out their applications. But even the terms of the applications, that's still being negotiated with the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC. Oh, so it will take a while until we actually see those radio stations popping up. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Do you have any idea how long it may take? At least, possibly a year, maybe a little less time, maybe more time. I'm, I'm just not sure about that. So that's one example of what you're involved in with your work. Do you have any other projects that you're fascinated with? Well, something I'm not involved with, but that I'm really fascinated by, is um, this... Uh, Night Mozilla News Technology Partnership, or Mojo as they call it, and through a series of innovation competitions, um, or rather innovation challenges and community events, they're going to um, identify 15 fellows who will be then embedded in leading newsrooms so around the world. So fellows, like people, fellows, or I might call them hackers in newsrooms. Yeah. And oh, okay. um, they'll be working with Al Jazeera, BBC, Boston.com, The Guardian, and Zeit Online, which is out of Germany. Wow. Yeah. So that's something that I think is really exciting. That just the concept of using open web concepts in newsrooms. I I would love to see that spread more and more. So, what are the hackers? going to do? What's their role? Well, I think that that has yet to be defined, but. Part of it is just generating great ideas um, through the innovation challenges that they're doing. And I think the first one has to do with open video um, mm-hmm. that's going on right now. Just, you know, thought leadership is, is something that will be happening through the fellows and through the community and news partnerships. And they'll also be, you know, making software. Um, okay. 
and training folks. So yeah. I'm always big on training. I always get really excited when there's training opportunities. Yeah, sure. For free or low cost. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the target audience? Is it is there a target audience or is it pretty open? That is a really good question. You know, I, I can't really comment on that. Not being yeah. inside the project, yeah, I'm yeah, just I just yeah, heard about it, it yeah. and and I it, think it it's may be pretty open. I mean, yeah. because it is all those different stations. Mm -hmm. I just like always when I hear training. I also think, are they training kids? Are they training adults? Who is the training? Yeah, I think in this <laughs> targeted towards. Mm -hmm. I think in this context, it's going to be it's it's adults. It's folks mm -hmm. who already have um, experience and are, are deepening that experience and have the capacity to work with these, you know, world-famous news organizations. Those are some pretty heavy hitters. Okay. But I hope it filters down into community newsrooms. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's the kind of thing um, that I'm really hopeful about, you know, in a few years' time when these open open web innovations happen that that it's going to be really usable for mm -hmm. for for folks who don't have the means to pay for the more expensive things that are getting developed okay well <laughs> anything else you would like to add that we didn't cover i think i'm good i think i'm good i'm just really excited to find out about hacker public radio okay <laughs> Anything you want to plug about brown paper tickets, any website that we should look at? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's brownpapertickets.com. You can go there to buy tickets, and they're pretty great because uh, there's, there's, there's a very small fee for mm -hmm. the ticket buyer instead of a large fee for the ticket buyer. And it also really su it, it supports um, community groups and nonprofits in a meaningful way yeah, because yeah. they're given all this infrastructure for free. And and it and it really helps that local culture and community develop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> thanks, Maya. In conclusion, I have to say it is a lot of fun having a table for Hacker Public Radio at a Linux Fest. So I hope that others will do it as well. I have all the stuff here, the stuff that is the fantastic tablecloth that Pokey's mom made with the HPR on it. I still have a few stickers left. I know how you can order the mini business cards from Moo. I have t-shirt sets, kits that I send out to people who need t-shirts. Uh, what else did we have? Well, we brought our own computers and microphones, so that is really helpful. Um, but anyways, whoever is going to have a table upcoming, please let me know and I'll pass on the material. Oh, I just remember, we also had the books with the QR codes. They are really good to talk about all the different shows of Hacker Public Radio and allow people to download shows by with their cell phones, mobile devices. Let me know whoever's next and I'll send the stuff. That's it from CoCruncher. Thanks for listening to Hacker Public Radio. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.